Hello, welcome to Solomon's Temple. In this episode, I'm going to take you into the private room. And the private room has dildos and whips and uh, frustrated pleasures. Uh, this one's about pornography. Pornography has taken up a solid portion of my 20s. Now, what is my view on pornography? I could summarize my view on pornography like this. And yes, the temple is not all just agreeable across the board. You know, it could be about whatever. And I'm, I'm going to give my personal account on it as well. Because I do believe in sexual liberation. I think that the kink act of sex, of satisfying your desire, because, well, we can't just procreate willy-nilly like we might have before. That just procreation was just a necessary component for a proliferation of species or or whatever and and i guess in theory we we really ought to and have the resources to do this especially in first worlds which the example of uh, the fertility rate being eight times to every two in a household so there's eight kids to every pair in third world in like africa and stuff on average but in the first world in the united states it's 1.5 and uh, the fertility rate increases as you become a lot more poor economically across the board on average as a nation. So with that being said, even though America is highly sexualized, it doesn't have as many kids because it's just fulfilling and by abiding its time and its needs through pornography, which would be masturbation, that provides a type of relief you know, for men and women, because we all have these types of desires and wants and needs. It would be worth pointing out that there's tons of websites, and we all see those who have been on, which would probably be, I'm speculating, more than half of us that tune into this. Probably more like 90%, let's just be honest. There's millions and millions of views on a lot of these videos, and there's tons of videos. It seems to me that at least a majority of men, let's just say, are, are watching porn and masturbating. Consensus or no consensus, it's obviously a prolific sensation <laughs> and sort of point to our lives is the procreation act. Anything outside of sex with the intention of procreation is kink. We're more of a kinky culture or we're a kinky world nowadays. I think because we're our psychology has been pumped to want these instant gratifications because that will uh, diminish your will to withhold and withstand. So with that being said, there's always, like I said, societal traps. And this I forgot to mention in was it, episode 78 or something like that. Those societal traps is pornography is a societal trap. I'm not saying that it's necessarily bad because I believe relieving yourself will dissipate and have a cathartic effect on how men act out aggressively, their desires and needs and wants towards women in a fashion that is, is inauthentic and typically scary for women. Women do not know who they're dealing with. Even though you may be a nice guy, you still get sexually assertive and this is a touchy scenario and it could, it could frustrate both parties. And really this dynamic of sexuality is riding a thin line because feminism says it's a point of domination that these uh, pornographic episodes exist in and and yes, there is violence. Now, masculinity is dominating. It has a dominating element to it. Not in that it wants to make inferior, but it wants to like assert and give, you know, to control and be on top of a woman and assert the role of giving, you know, for lack of a better term, just, you know, dicking her down. 
<laughs> which sounds ridiculous, but in essence, that's what it is in a kink. Is like, I need to get off, and so does she. Therefore, it's my desire to take control and sort of dominate physically and be the physical actor that is giving rather than, you know, submitting and receiving. And this is kind of language that I think feminists and modern people tend to be disagreeing with, like, oh, men, males should not be dominating women in such and such a way. But really, it's a male act to give outwardly with your penis. It's outward. Vaginas are inward. I don't know what else to say to you, you know? Kind of it. But there is definitely a nuanced approach and perspective to seeing the effect of what pornography does. Now, there is a nuanced approach. There is the fact, in my opinion, when you do watch more porn, you tend to dissociate from the people that are committing this act and you going right alongside with this act. And then when you perform the, the act itself, sex, and you don't perform coitus in a way that's uh, personalizing, it's almost computer programmed in a sense. Because, you know, you do what you see. And if you see a lot, you're conditioned or programmed, essentially, to almost emulate a cold, computer-like, um, detached, unloving union, in a sense. And also, it kind of uh, invigorates your sense of instant gratification, where you can't delay gratification enough to build um, a safe, loving environment for the woman. It instead becomes fast, brutal, and there isn't a lot of respect there, so... And then you're triggered to want to respond to lovely bodies in such a way that's chronic and proliferating. Your, inhibil your inhibitions are, are getting released. It's almost like you're drunk off of the program of wanting these desires all the time. And it shows in kind of the way you... Because if you do stop watching porn, you will see a difference. But I'm going to go over um, some debates and some main points of view in pornography. And this is from... Well, I'm going to source from uh, two different people. I'm doing Andrea Dworkin and Mark Wickler where Mark is arguing that pornography is a private choice that must be tolerated, and Dworkin's view is that it is a public harm that should be censored and will sort of highlight um, the pros and cons of, of the pornographic uh, universe, so to speak. Now, within feminism, there is a point of view that states that there is male behavior that is bad. Now, to generalize and say that men are evil or men are the problem is immature on the side of feminism and isn't actually the case in the foundation of the philosophy, but it also does foster sort of a resentment because there will be pushback. There will be objectification that pornographers are there to subjugate and use and present sexual objects for enjoyment and to fulfill some sort of need to master their inferior through pain or humiliation, being raped, being physically hurt, and to just exploit sexual submission as well through violent acts of domination and degradation. This sort of abuse can even go into, you know, bruising, hurting them. People within the industry, really, it's you're getting torn up and you're just being told to have sex all the time. And really, this is unhealthy for you mentally and can be physically uh, harmful. Andrea Dworkin's view on pornographers, to, sh to sum up, is that a pornographer is more like the police in a police state than they are like the riders in a police state. They are the instruments of terror, not its victims. What police do to, to the powerless in a police state is what pornographers do to women, except it is entertainment for the masses and not dignified as political. In other words, it is not even justified by means of dignification or moral certitude or, or justification or, or some other means of power. It's, it's done through an entertaining means like it is hiding under the illusion that it is in in fun 
and and for its own sake, its own theatrical purity as a uh, a benign act. And pornography being an eight billion a year industry would mean that every person basically on the planet is giving a a dollar twenty five or a dollar ten and ten cents to to this industry. And we could say that no, I think the real consumption of pornography is is probably somewhere around without consensus data within the United States at least that definitely 75% of men are engaging with pornography uh, relatively regularly. I'd venture to guess, if not addicted to it, is, is interacting with it on some level because men in this culture have a highly driven need to want to participate in. In, in lustful paradigms and how abusive this is is really a case-by-case basis but but ultimately you can you can sum okay well about 175 million people you cut that in about half the amount of men you know you get about let's just say 80 million men in the united states are are participating in pornography that w- that would sort of be like that like each and every one of them investing you know over 60 dollars in this industry annually and this is just looking at recorded video that's highly accessible everywhere and you know that that figure is is almost like the kind of figure you'd you'd imagine if you just went to the movies the box the regular box office and of course this might include uh, other things like dildos and <laughs> other products might be related to pornographic or just pornographic services like escorts and and meetup sites you know where people register and say like, yeah let's meet up and and there's sort of a, a membership fee or something like this but um but it is quite frequent if you were to peg half the male population that most of which are married or engaged with someone or or dealing with people regularly that they're that there's stuff elsewhere and that's not to say that women aren't participating as well but let's face it men have a um aggressive stance with with this. I believe it has been the case in nature for our close relatives in genetics, uh, in the uh, bonobo. Bonobos aren't that aggressive, but certainly, you know, maybe chimps, even though relatively monogamous, but certainly baboons and and other close ape relatives, you know, there's there's high sexualization within these species. Further kind of aspect, the uh, secret police it's it's as if the police in the society and the police state are acting upon political prisoners. The system of terror is stopping the speech and creates abuse and despair. You know, it is saying, yeah, hurt me, accept this, have Stockholm Syndrome, you know, where you start embracing your abuser, or going along with whatever the abuse is, and to get people on board through guilt and and providing like a, uh, a scrutinization of censoring such behavior and through justification and manipulation. It's like a, a bad nightmare. It's kind of like our, our news sources that we have. <laughs> but within the, all this posturing, there is an amount of abuse. So the amount of rape that is noticed and reported is covered up with the shameless act of, well, that's just the kink, you know? That's just the uh, central component of how we do our kinks and the character qualities that produce our content. And uh, it's not produced to cause harm, you know? It's, it wasn't the intention. You can't improve intent. But it's happening, though. And these, these devaluations and these sort of metaphysical uh, ideas of transcendental understanding of what the hell is actually going on like is it abuse it's like crypto abuse it's getting promoted and it's including rape and battery incest you could see the videos on there that say incest and dad you know has sex with whatever and all these things and even if it's not abusive porn it's still promoting a normalization of these events and kinking them out to kind of like get a a psychological thrill out of something that's taboo and that can easily translate towards it becoming a part of your psychology 
Because really, if you're looking out for your soul, I mean, are you really gonna imbibe into a kink that's like that? I really don't think so. I think in a society that's very mentally screwy and unhealthy that maybe they would convince themselves that this isn't weird. <laughs> Now, while there's a reinforcement of hierarchy and being on top of someone, so to speak, now I said there's a fine line between the, the male role of sort of a dominance and the uh, explicit uh, rapey um, objectification sort of model of intimidation and wounding that goes on. Now, she defines uh, the subordination is objectification, and objectification occurs when a human being, through social means, is made less than human, turned into a thing or commodity, that may be bought and sold. And ultimately, these women are unverifiably being bought and sold and in, a, in a, a, a sex trade, some of them. Some willingly, but also very young women. Most of these women you see, early 20s, and they've already been through hundreds of, of porn movies and sets. It's not even funny how quick they come and go. But in the view of, of feminism, objectification is an injury right at the heart of discrimination of those who can be used as if they are not fully human and are no longer fully human in social terms. Their humanity is hurt by being diminished. The subordinating aspect of the submission being caused by a condition of birth and is a person seen as being on the bottom symbolically in a fashion that dehumanizes. The situation requires an obedience and compliance, and it diminishes the person. Now, there is a submissive role, again, that I must assert within the sexual relationship, but to what mentality is this formed in? And you hear it in common speech, you know, women are inferior. I've heard that from multiple sources of men say this, and the degree to which they disrespect and and subjugate and uh, make this sort of subordination a form of, of mental, emotional, or even sometimes physical violences is hard to trace, but it's not unremarkable and unnormal to say that these activities may influence it, the collective psyche to view this as a socially pervasive norm, uh, the objectification of the submission and, and violence of dominating a woman and viewing them as a sort of sex commodity. It would be no surprise that layers of predation occur the farther up you go on the money ring. If you are controlling and paying multiple women to be in film and to broadcast it and promote the hell out of it, and uh, sell it and produce it, you're, you're going to get a lot of return off the fact that you are able to have access to whomever you want and however many you want by just the sheer force of the amount of material that you can make and there will be a return. There will be people buying it. There will be people getting into it. There will be a royalty to these things because anyone with modest means are going to be a part of the market and are going to, you know, like I said, that demographic, like if you took just half the men in America, it'd be like them spending 60 bucks a year, you know, while it seems relatively modest, it's, that's almost a hundred million people doing that. It's, you know, a very rich community here, especially in Southern California. It's the Valley of the Dolls. I mean, people are being bred to be idiots that just want to be on the silver screen and will wind up being produced in some porn flicks. And then, well, of course, like, this person's handing me, you know, over 100000 a year just having sex. Like, why wouldn't I do it? So, well, and you could just be trafficked. I mean, let's face it. These people uh, that do some of these videos, we don't know where it's sourced or where it came from. And who's to say the people that are in these videos necessarily have consented to be there? They wouldn't have it that you would know that. I mean, there's no way of really knowing they're not being 
forced like, hey, if you act out on camera or if you don't do what we say, we're gonna hurt you, so do what we say. And then they're dropped off wherever they were, you know, picked up. There's no there's no accountability for this kind of thing and, and people operate out of whatever private means they do. But at any rate, you know, whether you're paying someone or not, it's it's really a matter of um, looking at the amount of respect and just the using, the using of people in sex is a degradatory act in my view, just by the fact that you're not even with the person in any authentic fashion. And it's not like you're, you two are having an agreement uh, in, in some sense. It's only to really make some money and to be used to for simply sexual means. I mean, the, the equation of relationships sort of would go out the window and so too would the transmission as it reaches people's computer screens and sample for yourself you could see just how it makes you feel when you look at these behaviors you know is this is this something that is good for my brain and I've asked myself that I used to take it for granted and started to realize a change in the way I was seeing sex when I was in the act it didn't feel the same. This doesn't mean that you can um, chalk it up as simply that, that pornography is going to be bad for everyone. And Mark has uh, some points of view on this. I want to recite some of Mark's uh, arguments. He says that uh, feminism can be associated with an oppressive puritanical sexual ethic that inhibits the sexual fulfillment of all people. And yeah, it would be suppressive to censor the kink and to the viewership of all sexual activity. And it isn't liberating. It's in some sense, it wants to be women's lib, but also it's to not liberate, you know, sexuality in, in a way as well. So it kind of runs contrary to its liberationist perspective. Now, whereas erotica depicts sexual activity in a manner that is designed to produce sexual arousal and is likely to be objectionable only to those who subscribe to a puritanical sexual ethic, and to describe people as, as having an ethic of, of truly having a will to depict people in a negative way and with a lack of respect. It's what is the, the character fortitude of, of people that even view these uh, somewhat aggressively kinked out fantasies or fetishes and how crypto abusive is it really and that's a very hard thing to grasp and control. And would you really want to eliminate a, a thing that people do have, do have, you know, a purpose in viewing? So, some people, it's like, you're just so lonely. It's like you want to have some stimulation. And sometimes it's to feed your addiction. And, and what better than to objectify women in real life than to just sit back and, and, and kind of drone out and and masturbate you know would that create a, a proper catharsis for people to uh, to live in you know there's there's reasons that we might keep in mind um what would be the detriment if we took it away and it was outlawed would people become a lot more sexually aggressive versus what it is now it seems like people would go into the world with a repressed sexual appetite because of the one that they created through this process and without it they're almost like um psychologically withdrawing addict that you know maybe not in the long run would um would be a big deal because I, I suppose over time that your sexual appetites would decrease and your psychological uh, disposition and conditioning through the medium of pornography would maybe dissipate and change and would therefore uh, lead to a lot better outcomes for sexual violence. But as it were, if you did outlaw it, would it not be a black market thing? It would be hard to regulate an internet. So you would you might have a lot more stressed out people that don't have as much access to to what they did there would always be a, another way to just uh, drum up the same 
content again, but just through different means, I suppose. And the real problem is, can you actually express your ideas and feelings about the possibility that pornography, even though it's not causally stated in any substantial way that the, the introduction and maintenance of pornography has led to more violent cultures, even though plenty of it goes unsaid and is undocumented. So it's really kind of a mute point I'm making, but then again, would it really change the way things are if we didn't have the cathartic uh, freedom to liberate your, your desires more freely versus not having that? Would you make up for it in discipline if you didn't have it versus having the cathartic reason to deal with your already pervasive conditioning? Now, would it be that people who aren't violence prone, especially men, would that lead their viewing of pornography? Would it lead to a more likely turn on at the uh, spectacle of rape or brutality or denigration or dismemberment or whatever? Or would it be more? Li- would you be more likely to be turned off by that? And I'm thinking that men would be more turned off by it. They wouldn't subscribe into something that they already disagree with. I think the moral principle would would remain, and I think that's what should be empowered in Marx's argument here. Is it won't necessarily lead more to a problem, more so than you know, ameliorate a real life problem like maybe not enough sex or in a dry spell or single or whatever. Really, I think it might do good to to have this liberated, uncontrolled ethic in our society. He says that in view of the violent nature of American society, generally, and the degree to which sexism persists to this day, it is unlikely that censorship of pornography by itself would produce any significant improvement in the condition itself for women in the United States. So it wouldn't change men who are already good, and it wouldn't really help the sexism issue as it already exists. And, you know, even before pornography, there was very scant access, but but still, you really think that we were less sexist in the 1800s when women couldn't even vote? I'll let you use that as your guide as well. I mean, it's a, bit, it's a big point maybe to decipher in this whole thing. And to add another dimension, there's video games, and we wouldn't say that video games necessarily have led to more violent outcomes because we have not had video games back in the Civil War when we were slaughtering each other, and we're we're not as apt to be as violent in that regard since we do have a lot of violence at our fingertips, at our you know with our thumbs on the screen, but and then we have everyone has uh, access to pornography, limitless pornography, damn near. Uh, but we're not acting in more violent ways even though all of this still exists. So I guess I'll just leave it with that, but it is definitely worth pondering. I think, in in my view, an equilibrium must be struck between the very possibility that psychologically it can manipulate you into seeing women as more property to be dominated, and also to just relinquish the layers of sight that you focus on when you have relationships with women. And would this have a mass effect if we got rid of it? It's hard to say. Um, The last two points I made are are, are sort of where I'm going to hang my hat on, but it is also worth knowing, like, yeah, there is still unhealthy aspects to this stuff, and there is a rape culture, in colleges especially, and uh, what more... uh, vulnerable would a psychology be to one who doesn't know how to control his hormones, who is around uh, beautiful, blossoming women, and you know, and has access to a computer and privacy. I mean, just the whole college demographic on that end of the spectrum would promote that a more proliferated pornographic viewing with vulnerable populations and minds accessing it, young men, it would seem that the, the culture of rape would increase. And of course, there is. So, with an equilibrium, 
I think it's just good that we all discuss the possibility of of how the, the subtleties of our culture might influence the way we are are being and viewing each other and to validate the perspectives of, of the feminine especially but to know what you're dealing with is not exactly completely absolute to condemn one party or another a male or a female through a feminist lens because the 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 perpetration is done possibly on purpose um, by by people that don't have the same experiences as everyone else. Uh, they have some other traumatic view on the sexes. And maybe part of this contention uh, with feminism is that, yeah, this is a, a model for constructing behavior that promotes the industry by, by a critically negative manner, by promoting amoral, violent, objectifying uh, mentalities in the root of the sexuality. So it creates a division among sexes. So rather than viewing it as a proposition that feminism will hate men more because of how they behave and what they're into, but as a way of trying to literally unite men and women, which is what philosophical theory should always be trying to do, balancing things out and making it right and unobjectionable. So that's the spiel on pornography. I got it from the book You Decide, her debates and contemporary moral problems. Bruce Wallner put this book together and really just pay attention to yourself. Really just pay attention to your mind. We're all in this together and I'll see you next time.